Hello, I'm Dwayne McCreary. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible. Today, I'm joined by Fran Trescredi. Fran, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Dwayne. It's, it's great to be here. Today, we're looking at session five uh, of our study of First Timothy. We're looking at chapter five. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this particular uh, section of Scripture, uh, Paul is trying to focus on our responsibility as churches for widows and ministers. He first of all compares the church to a family with respect to being uh, being given each member. The church leader is to demonstrate care for those in the church he is called to lead. Paul then called on Timothy to lead the church to minister to the needs of widows. He emphasized holding family members accountable for the care of their parents while making concessions for women who had no family to whom they can turn. He then focuses his attention about the pastoral leadership. He makes the point that the local pastoral leadership deserved to be supported financially and treated with respect. Unsupported accusations against the pastoral leader should be rejected. Warranted dis- discipline should be fair, open, and redemptive. Once again, the whole focus here is us fulfilling our obligations to those who are members of our church and those who serve our church. So, Fran, let's think about this idea that this first idea here about taking care of widows and, and others who have needs within our church and within the fear of our, sphere of our ministry, um, how, w- how should we understand the role of government, family, and the church when it comes to meeting the needs uh, of helping widows? Well, it's, this is a great question. And, and you know, we, it begins with an attitude of exactly what Paul sets here in chapter 5 is to exhort and to treat uh, those who are older than you, your elders, as as loving family. Treat one another as family. We're members of one another, and we model the love that we have for one another to the world. The world is looking at the church, and when the world looks at the church as they love each other, it's, it's a wonderful testimony of Christ. So it's no secret that as God loves the world and he loves us, that also includes widows. And, and Jesus showed this. He showed that in a ways that he cared for widows. He helped a widow in Luke 7 and, and, and condemned the scribes because they disregarded widows, uh, widows in Mark 12. And, and he even commended a poor widow who gave out of her poverty. Um, we see it in a book of Acts in chapter 6 where the concerns the church had for widows. So God does uh, love widows, and we see examples of that. So as Jesus loved widows, so should his bride. And lately, we've seen the government, the secular government, stepping into supporting widows. And, 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 and we as a church have, in so many ways, surrendered uh, this, this concern and this care for, for widows and given it to the government wholeheartedly. And, and we do know that the government has a right to help widows, but, but that doesn't excuse us from stepping in. Yeah, there's, a, there's a little bit difference in our society today and culture mm-hmm. um, that's touched on in our Bible skill uh, the Bible skill for this week encourages us um, to jot down the requirements Paul made for widows who received church benevolence here in 1 Timothy 5. And then it in- encourages us to go read an article on widows that are that's in the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary or mm-hmm. a similar source. And then you compare that article with instructions. It's going to have Bible verses listed. I'm, I'm looking at that article right now. In the very second paragraph, it makes this statement. Widows and orphans lack the economic legal and physical protection a man provided in that society. So that colors, in some ways, the 
the commands uh, that Paul gives in this passage is they they had really no standing whatsoever in that society. It really does give us a much bigger picture of what they were dealing with. And, and today, we have to remember that we need to embrace people in all stages of life, and we show our love for people and how we treat them. I mean, we've got to be people of generosity, and that's what it boils down to. And so, you know, our concern for those who are in need, the widows and the orphans, uh, that's a testimony. That, that shows the world what we're really made of. That, that statement there, people of generosity, mm-hmm. uh, really relates to this second part of, of this study as well, mm-hmm. the care of pastors. Yeah. Um, what responsibility does a local church have for caring for their pastors? Yeah, well, I've, I've been a pastor for many years, and, and I have a heart for my brothers who, who, who labor and work hard in the advance of the gospel. Uh, I've visited hundreds of churches and, and met with more pastors than I can remember. Mm-hmm. But, but I could tell you that almost without exception, pastors put in long hours into Bible study and member care and prayer. It's not a nine-to-five job. It's, it's a true 24-hour calling. It's a way of life. And uh, There's nowhere I, they can go where they're not pastor. That's right. They're always on, on as a pastor, and, and they're humans, and they're human beings, and they have needs, and they have struggles, and they have problems. Um, but a lot of times, pastors do struggle financially. Um, they work long hours, and they sacrifice family time, and, and for better or for worse, they often sacrifice their own pay uh, for the sake of the ministry. Uh, let me give you an example. I, I remember pastoring in one church, and every year when it came time for a raise, I refused to raise. And, and I got to tell you, I thought I was doing something honorable. I thought I was helping the church, but truthfully, I was only hurting my first calling to my family, and, and, and it became a sense of pride to me. And, and so churches... My advice to church leaders is don't let your pastor do that. Um, well, I, in that same, in, with that in mind, yes. um, doing so, we're, we're failing, if we're that leader, we're failing to teach our, our congregation stewardship. That's right. That's right. I mean, cause we're, we're, we're encouraging them not to do anything other than what they were already doing. That's right. Yeah, it, it, it really actually in the long run hurts the church. And, and, and I get that times in church can be hard. Finances can be tight. But churches need to understand that they need to take care of their pastor because it is a, a, a sense of generosity that they have. And, and pastors should not have to worry about their finances when they're worrying about member care or the message being preached or the other duties of the shepherd of, of the church. They don't need to worry about their own financial well-being. They don't need to worry about if, are the bills going to be paid. Typically, when we think about supporting our pastor, we think in terms of finances. But are there some other ways um, that a congregation can support their pastor? You've served in that, that position. So what are some sure. things that people did that were meaningful to you? Yeah, well, I, I again, pastors are real human beings with real feelings, uh, real insecurities, real real struggles. I, I, I came up with this acronym WAGES, and, and I think it's a different way of looking at how we help the pastor. Obviously, we want to be generous with with the finances and make sure that he is work, worthy of his wages. But also, um, wages could be thought of this way. The first one is W for words of affirmation. I think pastors, they deal with words every day. They read, they talk, they counsel, they preach, and words mean something to pastors. And for a member to come up and say, you know, pastor, I just want you to know that I love you. 
I, I, I just really appreciate you. Or for a pastor to hear from you and, and really sincerely, hey, listen, I really liked what you said because it helped me to grow. That means a whole lot to a pastor. That means that means a, a great deal. And so words of affirmation are, are good. I had a friend who uh, was in a church that, that I was pastoring at, who a little country church, and this gentleman, he would uh, almost every week come up to me sincerely saying, I just want you to know, brother, I love you. And, uh, it, and it just gave me a little little pep to my step, you know, as I went yeah. into Mondays. Um, the second is uh, words was W, and then A is for accept. Accept him as he is. You know, don't compare him to that preacher down the street or that preacher you heard on TV or that preacher you heard on a radio or the podcast. Accept him for who he is. He is he is faithfully serving to the best of his ability. He is faithfully serving uh, the Lord in, in according to his giftedness. Don't try to turn him into somebody that he's not and 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 love him for who he is. There. He, he was gifted the way he was for a specific reason. A- amen. He is he is wired a certain way and God has got him in that place for that particular time, uh, for that season. And then and then three is 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 G and that's for wages. It's give him benefits. Make sure that he has um, besides the the um, uh, the pay. Make sure that he has things like health care, health insurance, or life insurance, or retirement. You know that's on their minds as well. And make sure that the benefits are something you look at, and don't take away from their pay to give them benefits. Look at look at this as a total package. Uh, e is for edify. Edify the pastor. Uh, pastors love books. Give them a small book budget, even if it's a hundred dollars. If you're a small church and you can give them fifty dollars, they would appreciate it. Or send them away to a conference, or or get them to the state convention, or or whatever association of of, of churches that you have. Uh, S is is the last one for wages, and that's send him away. And I know that sounds weird, but to send him away means give him some time away, give him a vacation, a day off per week, um, give him a sabbatical if he served for. For a certain length of time, where he can get away and 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 just dig into the Word, make sure you support him so that he has rest, so that he's able to serve effectively. Yeah, I want to make sure I got those right. Yeah, th- those five things. Number one, W was words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. A was accept him as he is. Yes. G is give him benefits. Mm-hmm. E was edify the pastor, which really is um, um, helping him grow. That's right. With books. And then the last one, S, send him away, vacation, those type of things. Let him get, let him have a day off during the week. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. So that's wages. The last, the very last part of this chapter, chapter five, um, Paul talks about the discipline of pastors. I know that's a difficult thing sometimes to have to go through, but what are some guiding principles at work here uh, for discipline of a pastor? Yeah. Well, again, pastors are human. They do sin. They're not free of sin. None of none is free of sin. We're all sinners, right? We've all sinned, um, and, and there needs to be accountability for sin and 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 for misconduct that's related to sins. And and Paul lays out some steps here of of church discipline for pastors. Uh, he says first of all that accusations need witnesses. Uh, Paul says two to three witnesses and. And it's very simple. Somebody might disagree with a pastor. It happens all the time. And they might make an accusation. Well, if there's no support for that, then the, per- the church needs to remember that, that, that an accusation should be made with two or three witnesses. That, that's in accordance with the Mosaic Law anyway, that we're now extending in the New Testament church mm-hmm. to, the, to the pastor. So, 
Uh, that's something we should examine seriously, of course, if it's two or three witnesses. And, and the reason why we want to examine that. <laughs> and their story should be the same at that point. That's too. right. Absolutely. Affirm the stories and make sure, right, and, and examine that. Um, you know, when, when you have witnesses, multiple witnesses saying the same thing, um, we want to make sure that we, we take it seriously because mud is on the witness of the church if we don't deal with that. Um, the gospel of Jesus Christ is, is at stake here. And so the third part that Paul says is that, is that to rebuke them publicly. And uh, again, the same thing. Hypocrisy is, is something that we hear about in, in society, and the society is watching, the culture is watching. And if we allow sin to, to grow and fester, that's the name of the church in the world, that, and, and even worse, the name of Jesus Christ in the world that's being uh, exposed in a, in a negative light. And so even though you're tempted to sweep it under the rug, if it's something that is, is truly that's, that's clear that it's happening, don't sweep it under the rug. Don't do that. Bring it to light. So other pastors, as Paul says, the rest of the church, even the world knows that you stand on biblical faithfulness and holiness. This whole lesson boils down to this idea is that we should treat others like members of a family Amen. that we want to be a part of. Yes. You know, not all our families are, are perfect. Not all of them are, you know, some of our families, people wonder, why would you even want to be a part of that? But here's this idea. We want to treat others like members of a family that we want to be part of. And if we follow that guiding principle, I think that helps us understand more fully what Paul is saying here in 1 Timothy 5. Fran, thank you for being with us today. I appreciate your time. We look forward next week talking to you and visiting with with another guest about session six as we move to 2 Timothy chapter six.